Yo, yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast. Happy Thursday, everyone. I am your host, Ben Baller. Uh, this may shock you guys. Today, I'm Ben Humble, okay? Um, I'm still the Korean John Cusack. I'm still Ode Sue. And I will forever and always be the Forrest Gump of hip-hop. Um, what's good, y'all? Hope everyone's having a good week. Uh, we've got over the hump. But I've had a rough week, you know, um, a lot of reflection, a lot of uh, self, what's the word I'm looking for, man? Pointing the finger at myself, right? Accountability. Um, It's got nothing to do with this podcast today, just what's going on in my real life. You know, I I like to share a lot of things. This is something I just, you know, it wouldn't even be proper to share with you guys. But some things got to change. So why not start today? In fact, why not start right motherfucking now? Right. Um, by the way, that is some new Lakey Lake music right there underlying in the background. I just wanted to kind of flex that because it's been, you know, a little minute since Lakey um, has given me some music. He was actually going to come on the show and then last minute he had to leave town. So, you know, um, you know, again, man, it's been a weird week. It's something that's been, you know, bothering me for a minute and bothering other people, too. But, um, you know, uh, it's the attitude like. You know, I used to have an ego, but then I realized I'm perfect. All right, that was a joke. All right, guys, I'm kidding. All right, I'm kidding. You know, in general, if you don't know this, this is something that they're stereotypes, right? Korean men have big heads. You could even, you know, Google that. and be like, what the fuck? Why they got such a big head? You could tell most Asian people who are aware of things, they, they can tell the difference between Chinese, Japanese, Korean, if you're full-blooded. One trait of Korean men that, that I have to say is it's a true stereotype that I do have is that we have bad tempers and um, I'm sort of intense. People who've met me, whether I'm being mad, I'm nice, whatever. I could be on, in my mind, on a two or three of the people who think I'm on an eight and I'm really chill, you know, even when I'm whispering or chewing gum, you know, like I could be literally sitting back, relaxing, listening to Grover Washington Jr. play the saxophone. You know what I'm saying? Like chilling on some jazz and people think like, yo, you got chill. You know, you got chill. But yeah, you know, there's some things that got to change. And, you know, it's crazy because I've gone this far in my life. And I think maybe some of the things have, have they got intensified. And uh, anyways, enough of that. No need to talk about that. By the way, you know, I've been on my vocabulary shit. I love that vocabulary app. I pay for it. It's another subscription that I pay for. And I know people just don't even realize it. We got fucking subscriptions up the ass. Apple, Spotify, fucking Netflix, this, this, and this. You're like, yo, shit. I got fucking $1,200 in monthly subscriptions, and I do. But that vocab app is lit. And now I have another title to my name, not a moniker, but an actual title. From now on, I need you guys to address me as the professional raconteur. All right, I'm not going to tell you what that is. You're going to have to fucking Google it. You don't even know how to spell it probably, but I am a raconteur. That, that is definitely, you know, that is one thing. Another app that I downloaded and uh, fucking had a subscription to is download the Speak Korean app because I haven't fucked around too long. You know, obviously, I, you know, I can get by and do like the most minimal shit, right? Speak to a little kid maybe. And it's just gotten worse and worse. Even though I go to Korea a lot, it's gotten bad. And I think about that. And I, it's, and my mom's given up on it. She, there was a point where she was disappointed. She doesn't give a fuck now. I think she's so happy that 
and I say this and I feel weird about saying it, but you know, you shouldn't feel weird. I mean, I guess to, to most people, you know, I guess uh, I am successful, right? And um, I still feel like I haven't even reached my goals. And I've said this before on this podcast, but one goal is to fluently speak Korean. My Korean is really bad. And, and so I got that app. But yeah, anyways, um, I was reading this thing on Yahoo and I don't read Yahoo very often. Someone sent me a link and it said, holding grudges can take years off your life. Pretty much could kill you early, right? And I'm the motherfucker that holds a grudge off some real petty shit. I've always been petty. You know, I've been a motherfucking petty dude. That, that ain't a good, that's a fucking awful trait. That's a, I don't even want to be negative about it. it you know, it's just, it can't be me anymore. And I, I have been letting a lot of grudges go by. Just got too much to, uh, you know, be blessed and happy about. And um, the crazy thing is, is my wife is opposite. You know, she will hold the grudge. And, you know, when she lets it go, it's good. And, and everyone needs help. But, you know, here. The thing that, that I want to discuss real quick, and it's got nothing to do with business, but it's got everything to do with life. I noticed that a lot of married men listen to this show. You know, how do I know? Because they email me and they message me and stuff, right? And there are protocols, right? There's, there's protocol in love. Obviously, people know there is, but some people don't know. That, you know, in the game, like, oh, who are you to say this? I'm not that. But I almost want to put up against, you know, the example of you don't cross the street when cars are driving by. You know, you want to wait for the stoplight. There's no stoplight. Yeah, you know, be careful, right? That should be obvious to a lot of men. They don't know that this is that obvious. When you say I do and your wife says I do, it's y'all against the world. That's it. For all the women listening to this, do you agree? When you get married and some people say, I don't want to be married. I don't want to sign this legal. Man, man. Look, I get it. There's legal documents, boom, here and there. Some people don't take it as serious as they used to. You know, there's still weddings going on, but, you know, a lot of people are, you know, this and that, and there's, there's you know, all kinds of things. I don't care. Everyone should be able to get married. You want, you're non-binary, you're, you're trans, who cares? You want to get married? Get married. All I'm saying is when you and your partner say, I do, it's y'all against the world. Some people may disagree. Some mama's boys might disagree here and there. Look, I love my mom. That was my idol for the longest time. She's known me longer than anybody in the world, right? Nobody is more important than your partner, all right? And I'm, I'm going to correct that in a second. When you say I do and your partner says I do, it is you guys against the world, period, Nothing comes in between that. Not your mom, not your dad, not your brother, not your sister. Both parties must understand this, though, for this to work out. Okay? There is protocol, like I said. Nothing should be stronger than that. Period. Okay? When you guys hit your milestones, one year, five year, ten year. 20 year, 25 year, right? 50 year, okay? Don't think I'm gonna see 50 years of marriage, right? Because I got married kind of late, but shit, it, it's a goal. But once you have a child, that child is now the most important thing in your life, okay? You have multiple children, 
You may love them differently, but the the level of love is at the maximum capacity. Now, I just said, your partner, my wife, comes before my mom. That's, you know, when I, when I learned that, I was like, wow. I had it all wrong the first time I got engaged, right? I've only been engaged once, and then, you know, I was fucking... You know, I just realized right now, holy shit. That was like seven, eight years before I actually got engaged. It was crazy. I just thought about that right now. Sorry, I'm just, and saying this on the record. But yeah, um, when your child is born, nothing is more important than that. That child comes for sure comes before your, your wife, your husband, and it should be the same way for her, right? Can't put your fucking, your partner before that. But I'm just saying like, you know, that's, that's everything. For all you people out there who are, are very peaceful people, no issues, um, there's, there's a follower of mine who's uh, uh, on Twitter. I follow him. He's a good dude. He's local SoCal dude. Um, he has kids. Super good dude, Patrick. I know he's listening to the show right now. Even when I joke with him about like, you know, just like joke violence. People say, oh, violence is not a joke. I, I'm talking about when I say something like smack me on the mouth. I'm kidding. And I know as the decades of time have, have elapsed, those jokes ain't jokes no more to people. You know what? I need people to fucking ease the fuck up. But anyways, Patrick is like, you know, man, I'm just such a chill dude and blah, blah. I forgot what the exact words were. But my point is whether or not you are the most peaceful, calm, chill person, when you have a child, that's when you realize you can kill someone. And what do I mean? (laughs) I mean, if somebody fucks with your son or your daughter, you already know that instinct is just forget about it, all right? But anyways, um, I had a crazy week and uh, I had a meeting, a lunch meeting that went to one of the longest lunches I ever had in my life. In my life, one of the longest lunches I've had. On a professional, on a personal level, it was crazy. And I just realized... One, uh, yes, I'm still intermittent fasting and I've told you I've capped off on that, but I, I realize it's helped my gut a lot, meaning my ulcerative colitis. And the funny thing is, you know what? I never thought about calling rap, Mike Rapport, but it would fucking change his life. Because now it's been over a month without waking up to coffee every single day. And I think I get past it. And now I don't even think about coffee like that anymore. In the midday I do, but I don't think about the first thing, boom. It's, and my habits are different. I get addictions. And it takes a certain amount of time to do you know, addiction. It's been, what, fucking um, 14 years since I've had a cigarette. And, uh, you know, intermittent fasting has made my gut more solid. So anyways, going on, what I was thinking about was I'm sitting in my center and I'm sitting in traffic in the hills and I'm bumper to bumper traffic at three o'clock. Thinking about this shit stresses me out. My son's got to go to jujitsu. I got to get over there so my wife can take him so I don't take anybody else. My daughter's sick this week, by the way. Thought it was COVID, fucking tested there. was fucking really, really praying it wasn't. And, you know, we got to get like on it. I'm sitting in a car that I just can't do certain things. And some people are like, oh, you can't. No, you, you think about, you know, the consequences and stuff. And some people live by that. Fuck that. You don't have no consequences. All right, cool. Then you don't realize, you know, you know, don't think about, all right, well, when you live with no consequences, you live all that free. Most of the time, those people don't have a long life. 
<laughs> and when they do, they don't necessarily have, you know, it's not about material items, you know, owning you instead of you owning them. It's about being smart with investments because my exotic cars that I own happen to be something that makes me money as well. So I respect it. But anyways, sitting in cars like that, usually I'm like, fuck, especially in a car like that. There ain't no jumping in the back seat to take a shit. If your stomach hurts or whatever, you're just fucked. But I think about all the time that I rush my wife out of the house. I rush my kids out of the house. I'm very punctual about being on time. And one thing with me is I've never had time to relax. I've always feel like I'm living on expired time. And that's a bad thing, right? And me and my life would be different if I didn't have that type of pressure, you know, sitting in the back of my head. But I always feel that way. And, you know, my wife might be like, oh, shit, there's only a couple days left. And I'm thinking like, yo, what do you mean a couple days? Like, we're, we're a wrap. I've already packed for, you know, our cruise. And, you know, it's Thursday. And we don't leave until Sunday. You know, and I've been packed for like three days. And this is only because I'm like, fuck, it's a week. And I would write my shit down. I'm super organized. But again, this is with everything. Oh, we're going to get ice cream? All right, come on, let's get going. And there's no rush. And rarely do I ever get to relax like that. And I wonder, you know, all that, you know, accelerated lifestyle has got to stop. And it's something that should have stopped 10 years ago. Should have stopped before I had kids because you can't live like that with kids. Kids, you know, they're just, they, it takes time. So I thought a lot about that. So anyways, I sat down with my old boss, Brian Turner. No mistake, this man is a one-of-a-kind human being. This man is a legend. This man is a fucking pioneer. And I want to hear shit two ways about it. I don't give a fuck about hearing anything from anybody else. This man is the CEO and co-founder of Priority Records. That is a house that built NWA, you know, Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, Ice Cube, Master P, Jay-Z's first album, and a whole other bunch of shit, Right? This man gave him my first record label job ever. Like, I work at Death Row, but it was like bullshit. I was a studio rat. I was a DJ here and there. I'm talking, he gave him my first real job. And this man was doing this in his early 30s. This man was fucking doing this shit, you know, at late 20s, early 30s. This man was on a record label. It's like, when I think about that then... You think about now, there's people like Lil Bibby, other people have stuff, but there's like, you know, backing major here and there. This man has always had independent distribution. He's always been really smart about how he makes his moves. And I think about it, and this man made, you know, nine figures during a time where it was difficult to do that. And, you know, he's so smart, so savvy. This guy's, come on, he's a fucking president of a record label. He's dealt with Cube, Suge, all types of people. And we've had great discussions. And he believed me, and he thought he saw something in me. And we had this just, we had a fucking almost four hour lunch and we didn't even scratch the surface because I haven't seen him in almost 20 years. I think I barely ran into him real quick about somewhere, but like, you know, he's, fuck man, that was 25 years ago, this was 30. I mean, he's in his 60s now, you know, still looks great. He married a, a friend of mine and I knew his his wife before I knew him. And... um you know, we talked about a bunch of things. We talked about how the music business is being run now and 360 deals and how record labels own your your merchandise, you know, sales, your fucking touring. And it's just, you know, we, and he's like, Ben, we lived in the, you know, we worked in the best era of music. 
And he's saying this not being biased. He's being, you know, it's, it's he's being real and, it, and it's true. And um, now he wants to tell his story. And I don't want to tell you guys, you know, the, the name of his his story, his book, documentary, anything, but it's fucking brilliant. And, you know, I think that he was depicted in the Straight Outta Compton movie, kind of fucked up. Like, he ain't no tough guy, but he's not that they made it seem like he was a sober pussy and whatever. But, you know, look, man, this is a man that that helped start a lot of careers. He fed a lot of people. You know, he's one of the most fair guys I've ever met in that, you know, time of me being in the music business. And I don't want to bore you guys, but it was just, it was a very inspirational lunch. And he said, look, man, the thing that fucked me up was, he said, this is the role reversal now. It's the master, the teacher learning from the student. He's like, the role's reversed now. He goes, what you've done is amazing. You know, my kids, his kids are, you know, in their late teens and in their twenties. And he's like, they're fans of yours and they know who you are and everything. And it's just, it's wild. What he's done as a parent is fucking beyond phenomenal. I can't, I can't even, I salute him. Just like I salute Jimmy Jam. And these are, you know, literally legendary people in the music business. He's always been able to kind of just stay out, doesn't care about the spotlight or nothing, but his story should be heard. And um, we were talking and I've said this in the K-Town Hustle series, I'm, I'm almost positive I did, but I had just signed the biggest contract of my employment, you know, in the music business, in the record business. And literally a week or less than two weeks, it was like a week, a week or two in Dr. Dre asked me to join him, you know, and start Aftermath, which was Black Market Records then. And by the time I told Brian, he already knew. And he was a little disgusted. And he was like, you know, what are you going to do? Is he's going to sue me? There's nothing, you know, he just wasn't petty. And it kind of, you know, obviously tarnished our relationship. But it was the game, is what it was. And I told Brian, I said, you know what, bro? I looked him dead in the face. You know, we sat and had the longest fucking lunch. It was fucking amazing. We're at the Polo Lounge. You know, I love that place. And, you know, we're talking about uh, accolades and things and what I've been up to. And I said, Brian, it was crazy. You know what? What if I didn't go to Aftermath? What if I just stayed? I mean, who fucking knows? What if Jay-Z stayed too, right? Like, what if I was able to talk Andrew Shack into fucking, you know, giving Jay that Benz and getting them that crib in Beverly Hills and other stuff? And who fucking knows, right? What would have happened, Right. I told him, I said, look, I foresaw the future and I knew because you know what? I ended up leaving Aftermath, you know, after a couple of years and, and it didn't work out right. And I was a DJ and I had my struggles and I went broke and I moved in with my sister. And I said, Brian, what if I didn't go to Aftermath? Be fucking crazy, right? And you know, he's like, yeah, man, you had to though. You know, it was part of your plan. And, and just what if it wasn't though? You know, we had Master P dropping a record every single week. Can you imagine? There's times where, where the music business would shut down. It shut down completely. The radio, everything shuts down. No adding. 52 weeks in a year, this man, Master P, was dropping an album every week. And a lot of them were going gold. A majority of them. It was crazy what he was doing. And, you know, we had Cube still. We had all kinds of shit. And I just had an R&B group that didn't pop. And we spent a shit ton of money on them. But... Legendary people worked there. My boy, Mark Benish, rest in peace, who was a very big part of Tupac's career, you know, and there was just so much going on there. I would have been lost in the shuffle. Now, the thing is, I was already executive now, right? So what do you mean? Executive VP? I don't know. I'd have been maybe top five in the company. It was a pretty big company. And I said, you know, yeah, cool. I'd have been taking a check, doing things. And I'm sure I could have, you know, gave advice and did whatever, but... I would have been 
telephone it in. I wouldn't have made a difference. And that's the thing about me. I got to make a difference. I got to go out there and stick out. You know, now I'm a different dude. I want to chill back and kick it. But anyways, I just want to let you guys know that it was a fucking amazing lunch. Um, That's why I want to share it with you. I just want to tell you guys that before we go into this commercial break. And uh, hopefully I get Brian on the show. It's something that I do want to get him on the show. And I got to thank Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, who at one point was the biggest fucking rock star in the world. He'd be such a big fucking deal. And he's fucking motherfucking most handsome fucking white boy from Orange County. It's crazy. But yeah, Mark McGrath connected me back with Brian after not talking for so long. And me, me and his wife were talking forever. It was just it's fucking amazing. I cannot wait. I got to get him on the podcast. He's just crazy stories. Just like I got to get my coach from uh, SF State, from basketball team, to get get on here. Um, but yeah, let's get into a break. Yeah, we got that new Lakey music right there. I'm fucking super pumped. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Cost of living is rising and you're responsible for yourself and others. On that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. Cancel anytime. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they've made Forbes' Best Life Insurance 2021 list. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com baller today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash baller. Ladderlife.com slash baller. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about sleeping too little. Sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. Stress is real. Stress from family, friends, businesses, and more. How you navigate all these can make or break your life and yourselves. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself. Do less and maybe try some therapy. Therapy is good because it helps you get outside of your own mind with dedicated professionals. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. 
It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Behind the Baller listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash baller. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash baller. So there's a lot going on in the music shit right now with like Tory Lanez and Meg Thee Stallion. I don't know what the fuck to believe, right? There's, you know, I think that Tory might be, you know, legitimately, you know, not fully innocent, but innocent and, in, you know, amongst his, you know, a jury of his peers. The only thing is he don't know how to shut the fuck up. And he's got a great attorney. He's got an amazing legal team, but I mean, I can't believe this. You can't control this dude. Like, yo, you can literally fuck your whole situation up. Like, stop the cap. You know, like, it's crazy. I don't know if it's Napoleon syndrome or whatever, but anyways, it's just, that's some wild shit I was thinking about. What else is going on? Um, I guess right when I dropped this, right, Kanye had, had, had announced that he's, he's canceling Coachella, which is no big off. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be here in fucking April. I'm gone, you know, all of April pretty much. And uh, 420 is all I give a fuck about. That's the important thing to me. You know what I'm saying? San Francisco 420, Hippie Hill is going to be fucking huge. But yeah, it's, this is wild. You know, Swedish House Mob and The Weeknd are doing... And I don't know how big of a replacement it is. Kanye lost $8 million off this thing. The Weeknd Live is... <sighs> I don't know, man. It's hard to say. You know, like... One of my boys, Mark Sudak, does festivals. He's a very savvy dude. And he said he wanted to book The Weeknd, but he only wanted The Weeknd to perform House of Balloons. And that will be forever. I mean... If we're talking 2010 and newer, it's got to be top three, if not even number one, best fucking album I've heard in the last, you know, in the 2010 and now, in the last 12 years. But I don't give a fuck because I'm not going to Coachella. Um, but yeah, it was just fucking, uh, you know, Kanye's trying to figure out his shit right now and Pete's doing whatever. And um, I don't know, man, that shit just don't sit right with me with, with what's going on with him and all this other weirdo shit. And it's funny because I've been wanting to actually talk to Kim and ask her opinion about a few things, but I don't know. And I, I think she'd talk. It's just crazy. I had a long talk with Rob this weekend too. And me and Rob got into it real, real deep because he's going through the situation with fucking um, Black China and, and Osa Tiger and all this other stuff going on. Speaking of Tiger though, not Tiger, uh, Tiger Woods is back in the Masters. My agent is there right now. My whole agency, Excel Sports Management, is there because obviously, you know, my agency we rep Tiger Woods. Colin Morikawa and a bunch of other people. In fact, this new girl who's, you know, going over there is just crazy. I think next year, I'm definitely going to head to Augusta and um, check out the Masters. And I can't wait to see the fucking course and everything. I'm actually excited to go to um, this month, the next month. I think next month, I'm going to TaylorMade. Go check them out. Go check out Tory Pines and fucking super hype for this fucking George Lopez classic. I'm practicing now three, four times a week instead of you know, practicing once and have my lesson, I'm fucking having two lessons and fucking practicing twice. I'm going heavy duty, right? It's fucking, it's crazy. The Lakers, fucking sad. Officially eliminated from the playoffs, from the play-in, from everything. It's just fucking pathetic. That dude who bet, in the, in, you know, in the beginning of the season, he bet 10 grand that the Lakers wouldn't make it to the playoffs. I think he just put the money or whatever, and I think he made 120 grand back great fucking bet. It's just sad. And what's more like disappointing is 
the way that teams are going, NFL's getting kind of bad, but basketball's already bad. The super teams and putting together, you know, there was a big three. Now there's like big four, big five, just all this weirdo shit. And LeBron did an interview the other day, and it's crazy because it wasn't out of context, or not, sorry, it wasn't an interview. He was on his show, The Shop. I've never watched uh, more than one minute. I've seen little, you know, bits and pieces. I've never seen an entire episode. But he's like, they're asking him, you know, who would you want to play with, blah, blah, whatever. Because I think, I was like, nah, he's going to retire as a Laker because he lives here, you know, boom. I don't think he's going to retire as a Laker anymore. And that was before, you know, him saying that he's going to go where Bronny gets signed. I just think our whole team, chemistry is fucking off. Everything is off. I watched uh, Magic Johnson this week on um, First Take. And Magic was spitting game. And I didn't understand the DeMar DeRozan trade in depth. And I did hear it. And I'm like, yo, that was fucking crazy. We could have kept Crusoe. We could have kept KCP. Like, why the fuck do we do all this shit for this? Because it's great. We have some great, you know, we have three or four power guys. And then we have the rest of our team just, ah. And, you know, that would have been the difference. And look, it's so crazy to see every fucking player from Josh Hart to fucking Brandon Ingram to fucking, you know, uh, even Kuzma or like, you know, Caruso, they flourish. And I was like, what the fuck's up? No, of course Vogel's fucked up. But it just, I don't know, man. That shit just bothers the fuck out of me. It just drives me nuts that he said one of the people he would love to play with, meaning play on the team with, is Steph Curry. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, really? You want to jump on the Warriors now, bro? Because it's like super close to the Bay. Like, you, that just fucking crazy. Just, that just sounds... I hate that word cringe, and that's how I felt. And they asked Steph how he felt about that. You know what, Miles, man, can you pull that clip up of Steph Curry? You know, when he's talking about fuck he hears that LeBron mentioned that yeah, he wanted to play with them. You hear what your boy said? Who, my boy? Take a listen. Who else you want to play with? Um, in today's <laughs> game, <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with. Oh, shoot. The chef. <laughs> you know what? Hey, he might want to play with you next weekend now. That is phenomenal. When did he say that? Was that on the shop? Yeah. I guess the latest like, one, okay. yeah. No. <laughs> well, he got his, we, we got his wish. So he's the captain. He's picked me the last two uh, All-Star games. So I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. How's that make you feel, though? Good right now. I mean, whenever you get the... Uh, the interest or curiosity of what it would be like to play with a, arguably, you know, MVP kind of caliber dude like he is and the greatest of all time. Cool. Like, it's amazing. Right. Um, we all can live in that fantasy world, though. I mean, even Steph's like, oh, it's great, you know, MVP dude. He didn't say the greatest ever. Or he kind of said, what, but like, even Steph's like, eh, you know, it's cool, not tripping. Like, do you know back in the day, I hate doing the comparisons, but you have to do them. Even at the end of a career, you know how motherfuckers would have been hyped like Kobe. If Kobe heard that Jordan wanted to come to the fucking Lakers, do you have any idea what kind of motherfucker would lose his mind? Yeah, there'd probably be some shit going on inside the locker room. But yo, just weird, man. Weird, weird, weird. Anyways, guys, um, I've had a really rough week. Um, maybe uh, you know uh, this vacation would be good. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm just, it's a rough spot. I am going to be on a boat. We're going to be at sea. I did pay a shit ton of money for Wi-Fi. When I say a shit ton, I'm talking like three or four months of high-speed internet price. No, I'm sorry. Six to eight months of high-speed internet prices at a home residence compared to seven days on a boat. And I don't. they, they even said they don't know how patchy, how good it's going to be. That would be tough if I do a 30, 
you know, minute, what if I do an hour twice a week, right? Boom. So it's a little difficult. And Miles is also going on a vacation. And this is just, you know, the timing was right for me to uh, put the mic down literally for a little bit until I figure out some shit that's going on in my life. I do have an interview with Thatch Nguyen again, you know, the Seattle real estate guru. He comes on and that episode drops on Monday, this Monday, and he drops some real fucking amazing game about real estate. He really drops that 101. For those of you who are asking about investing, you know, if you have some money here and there, he really brings up some amazing points, how to get your first home and all that shit. Next Thursday, um, there will be an episode, but it will not be a new episode. We are going to replay because um, a lot of new people haven't listened to the, to the OG, but we're going to talk about my favorite food spots in LA. And, um, you know, there might be a 30 second to a minute, you know, intro. There will not be an outro on Monday's episode or next Thursday episode. There'll be no outro. We're just going to say goodbye. And that's what it is. And um, I appreciate you guys a lot. I appreciate you guys for understanding. It's been kind of weird. Maybe social media is fucking with my head. I don't know. And it's, you know, because I've already dealt with so many different things. But I do have some exciting news because while this podcast is airing um, and throughout the weekend, opening day is happening in the MLB and Major League Baseball all across the country. And I want to let you guys know early. I will not say it anywhere on social media just yet. Maybe I'm going to let you guys know first that I have an official collaboration with Rawlings. And when I was a kid, to ask my mom to buy me a Rawlings glove, you know, a mitt, that was the everything. And I have a fucking sick-ass Ben Baller Rawlings official collaboration on field. Not no fucking, you know, for show shit. This is actually official on field. My boy Jock Peterson is going to be rocking one at games, even though fuck you, you, Jock, you play for the goddamn Giants, you motherfucker. And I have an official Rawlings baseball. They are still the official baseball for the Major League Baseball. Um, I have some Major League Baseballs from the uh, two different World Series, the ones that we fucking lost. But yeah, that's coming out. I have an official Master Dynamic Ben Baller. Master Dynamic is the fucking Bentley of headphones and headsets. I have a their first ever gaming headset, black and gold, Master Dynamic, Ben Baller gaming headset that is dropping at the end of the month. I got some shit coming, y'all. I have some amazing collaborations. I got a lot going on, but that is all I have for right now. Um, I, I, I got to sit back and just chill. I got a lot going on in my life. If you are at the Laker game tomorrow night, which is our last home game, it's fucking sad and I can really do about it, but I do have floor seats. If you do see me at the game, say what's up. Say you're a BTB Army member. Say something. We'll figure it out. Take a picture. I don't know. But yeah, man, uh, floor seats at the Laker game. If you see me tomorrow night at Crypto.com Arena, holla at your boy. But I do appreciate you guys. Always. You know it's always love. Um, I had to get this episode in at least to, to break down what's going on. And I hope that, uh, you know, things stay on course and, and uh, you know, we keep it pushing. And I know we will. All right. So the Korean John Cusack loves you guys. Um, my man Lake Lake is about to play some music and get us out of here. Uh, I'll see you guys back in some time. Hopefully sooner than later. All right. Peace.